0: You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 132, Ready to Quit. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create, and I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. All right, we're doing it. We're trying something new today, and I am so excited about it. So I've been thinking about this for a few weeks now, and I've decided today's the day. We're diving in. We're doing it. So I want to hear what you guys think about this, because we're mixing things up, And you're my people. So I wanna see what you think. I want your honest feedback. So after you listen to this episode, head to Instagram, send me a DM or a comment, and let me know what you think of this. I wanna know if you want more like it or if you want me to stick with the usual way we do the podcast. All right, I wanna hear your guys' thoughts. You're my people. I value your feedback. So, what we're gonna do today is I'm going to read a post. From a nursing group anonymously, and I'm gonna cure the drama. So, I want you to know before I read this that I'm doing it 100% out of love. This is not to make fun of the nurse who wrote it. This is not to say I know better than them and they should be doing it better and they're doing it wrong. Of course not. I'm just offering a different way to approach the situation using the tools I have found super helpful. And I think a lot of you guys will relate to what this person wrote in. And so that's why I want to share it with you. It's all out of love. All right. So I'm going to read it anonymously. I'm going to use a code name from a character from one of my favorite TV shows. We're going to call this lovely lady Moira. So shout out if you guys know what show that's from. All right. So here's what Moira said. I hate my job. By 9.30 this morning, I tried having a conversation with my supervisor, and I ended up bawling because my entire unit is too much. I had the weekend off. I should have been able to come to work this morning and felt refreshed. In all honesty, I was ready to cry within 39 minutes. I have four or five applications in other facilities. One isn't even nursing. I just want out. I'm almost ready to just go apply at McDonald's because I hate the person this job has made me become. All right, Moira, I'm here for you. Let's cure this drama. In the comments of this post, there were a lot of nurses who empathized with this nurse. They said, I've experienced similar things. I'm feeling the same way. They were offering a lot of love and support. And other nurses were saying, Maybe you should try this area of nursing, maybe work in a clinic or try home health or just offering different ideas of what this nurse could do to get herself into a better situation. Now, that's fine. I'm not saying that you shouldn't quit your job. If you want to, you can. That is always an option. But I want you to see that you have other options as well, and that becomes more clear as we really understand what's going on behind all of this. And understanding what's going on behind all of this is the key to finding a better situation, to creating a better situation in the future. So you said you've got applications in other places, right? And you were like, maybe I'll just go work at McDonald's. But here's the thing. If we don't understand what's going on in your current situation, then you are way more likely to go create that somewhere else, even at McDonald's. You'll find new things to get stressed about. You'll find new reasons to be overwhelmed and dissatisfied. Another issue we run into when we're trying to change our situation so that we feel better, so trying to change our job so we feel better, right? When we do that, it puts a lot of pressure on us to make the right choice. So you said you've got five applications out, right? I don't know if you feel this way at all, but when I was in this situation, so back when I was a new nurse, I felt the same way. I felt overwhelmed with my job. I felt ready to find something new, and I would constantly be online looking at other job opportunities. But the thing was, I felt frozen. I was nervous to take a new job because I didn't know if it was going to be better. If it just sounded better on paper, but really once I got there and started working with patients and doing the tasks of that job and met my coworkers, maybe it would actually be a worse situation. So if it's the job itself that makes us happy or not, then it's really important that we make the right choice. So for me, I would get frozen. I would have that paralysis and be like, I don't know. I'm not happy here, but what if I'm even less happy there? So when we give the job the power, when we say the job has the power to make us feel how we do, then it leaves us kind of helpless because we don't know how to make the right decisions in our life anymore. We don't really know what's going to be the best opportunity because we can't see the future. And that's kind of scary. So we want to understand it. And then if you decide to go work somewhere else, cool, you can do that, but you can do it in a healthier way. And maybe you'll decide you don't want to switch jobs. Maybe getting this understanding and taking your power back will make it so you actually do want to stay. You're like, this is actually totally doable. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was. I was creating a lot of this drama. Okay? Okay. So let's take a look at it. Let's understand what's going on for you. So one of the things you said, Moira, is my unit is too much. I want you to know your unit is not too much. So when you tell me this, you're saying, actually, you didn't tell me this. (laughs) In my snooping when I found this, you're saying it like it's just a fact. My unit is too much. But what does that even mean? I bet all of us here right now have a different picture in our mind of what too much means. If I think about my nursing experience that I'm like too much means not enough staff on the floor and you're getting an admit and you've got all these orders that are really time consuming and you've got patients jumping out of bed and you walked into a room And there's urine all over the floor. Now you're standing in a puddle of urine and your scrubs are soaked. That has happened to me before. (laughs) Night shift, walked in to a dark room and was like, why is it wet? Why is it splashing when I walk? So that's what I picture when I think it's too much. I'm like angry patients yelling because they're mad about their pain medication and they're just screaming out in pain and they're frustrated and the phones are ringing off the hook and everyone's running around. Like that's what comes to my mind when you say it's too much. But maybe that's not it at all. Maybe you've got completely different things going on. Maybe it's all coworker drama. Maybe it's that your coworkers are really rude to each other and kind of bullying each other. And maybe that's what's going on for you. And it's not all of this patient stuff that I'm thinking it is. And other people have a different picture in their mind of what it means for it to be too much. So I want you to just notice that too much is not a fact. And if it were, then everyone would have to agree that your unit is too much. And now, Hang on, I, I believe that many nurses on your unit would say it's too much. I bet they would back you up on that. I bet they also think it's a fact. But it's not, because if it were, then every single one would feel the same way and they would all say, this is too much. But maybe some people could go on your unit and not feel like it's too much. It's possible, right? Like if my almost four-year-old, I am not willing to say she's four for a few more weeks now (laughs) till she's officially four. I will not say it. She's my baby girl. But if my almost four-year-old walked onto your unit, I bet she wouldn't say it's too much. I bet she would say, this is really fun. There's a lot of interesting people here and a lot of interesting equipment and a lot of things for me to climb on and touch and get into right? She wouldn't think it's too much. Or maybe she'd actually think it's kind of boring. Maybe after a little while of exploring things and being told not to touch anything, she'd be like, this is kind of boring. This is lame. Let's go to the park. So not everyone agrees it's too much. Even some nurses might not think it's too much. Have you ever met those nurses who love the chaos? They love the excitement. They, they don't want it to be quiet. They want to be running around. They want good stories to tell. They're like, it could never be too much. It's like me with chocolate. If my husband says something's too chocolatey, I'm like, that's not even possible. It's not possible for it to be too chocolatey. And some nurses think that about the chaos and the drama and the excitement. They're like, it could never be too much. So again, just notice, my unit is too much is not a fact. So I want to tell you what feels like too much. What feels like too much isn't what's happening on your unit. What feels like too much is all of the chaos in your head. And this is good news because we have a lot more control over what goes on in your head than what goes on on your unit. your patients are doing, what your coworkers are doing. We can't control all of that very well. So this is really good news, my friend. We have control over what goes on in our brains. And so what's going on in your brain right now feels like too much. And that's okay, but that's just good to know. And you know what else feels like too much? Resisting your emotions. Let me tell you how I know you're resisting emotions here, okay? So you say, I was ready to cry within 39 minutes. Now, I'm guessing whatever happened during those 39 minutes wasn't so intense that if you had just came back from a month-long vacation and were feeling healthy and rejuvenated and excited about life, like you had just won the lottery, And you walked into that unit, then whatever happened during those 39 minutes probably wasn't crazy enough that it would have made you want to cry. But what made you want to cry was everything that was happening before that, building up to that moment. So you said you had the weekend off, right? But you didn't really have the weekend off, did you? No, you weren't mentally clocked out during the weekend. My guess is you spent the whole weekend resisting emotions, thinking, I work on Monday. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be stressful. And I don't want to feel that stress. I don't want to feel that overwhelm. I don't want to feel like I'm not capable. And as we push away those emotions, they build. I think this is so interesting that we do this. I observe this in my kids all the time, and I know I do it too. We all do it. When we're dreading something, instead of just waiting until that thing is actually happening, we punish ourselves ahead of time. So it's been interesting to observe my kids and how they approach nap time differently. Neither of my kids like nap time. I like to think it's because I'm really cool and they want to hang out with me, but I don't know. They just don't like nap time. Being put in the crib is like the worst offense I can do to Eli next to trying to wash his face. And Evelyn has never liked nap time either. So both my kids really don't enjoy nap time, but the pre-nap time they treat differently. So Eli... When we're eating lunch, he's like started to catch on to the routine. So he's my one and a half year old. We'll eat lunch and he knows that soon after lunch, he's going to have to take his nap. So what he does is kind of sneaky. He gets down from his high chair and gets his dump truck and his school bus and his fire truck and just starts playing really nicely on the floor. Like he's really discreet. He like, tries to not draw any attention to himself. He just wants to enjoy this last time he has before nap time. And trust me, when nap time comes, he will throw the fit. But until then, he just tries to slide under the radar and enjoy playing with his toys. Now, Evelyn, on the other hand, she doesn't take naps anymore. But When she did, when nap time was coming up, she would dread it. We'd be in the car and we'd be like on our way to the park. She's not going to go take a nap at the park, right? But she would ask, Do I have to take a nap later? And I would say, Yeah, probably. We'll plan on you taking a nap after lunch. And she would start to fuss and whine. She'd be like, No, I don't want to take a nap. That sounds horrible. I don't want to. And then we'd go to the park and she'd forget about it for a little while, but then we'd get back in the car to drive home. And same thing, she'd be like, do I have to take a nap later? I don't want to take a nap. I'm not tired. And so she would complain and make herself miserable for all that time leading up to her nap. And then when nap time came, she would cry. She would feel all the feels and then finally fall asleep, right? So here's the thing, you guys. Both of my kids ended up taking a nap, right? They both ended up experiencing that thing they didn't want to experience. But notice how one of them suffers so much more because of all that dread, because of all of the intense emotions leading up to it. And like I said, we all do this. I do this sometimes too, guys, but just being aware of it, it's kind of silly, right? We realize it's kind of silly. With my kids, I see it pretty easily. I'm like, hey, just enjoy this time playing. You're not napping yet. It's all good. But it's a little bit harder when it's our shift, right? We're like, no, I should be upset. I should be upset that I have to work in two days. I should be overwhelmed. But notice how it doesn't do anything. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change what's going to happen during your shift on Monday. All it does is punish you ahead of time and create more intense emotions. But then we try to push it away, right? So I talked about resisting emotions. We try to push those emotions away because we don't want to feel them. We're scared to feel them. It's uncomfortable to feel stressed and overwhelmed. But I want you to know, many of us don't actually know what a true emotion feels like. All we know is the elevated version of that emotion. We know what it's like to resist stress. We don't know what stress itself feels like just on its own. We don't know what just embarrassment feels like. We know embarrassment with shame and overwhelm. We don't know what feeling hurt feels like. We just know blame and anger and resentment. Those escalated emotions feel way worse than just the emotion on its own. I love the analogy I heard from another coach that when we resist our emotions, it's like trying to get a knot out of a necklace. So if you have a chain for a necklace and it's all knotted up, does that ever happen to you guys? Where you're trying to pick that little knot out. When we resist our emotions, it's like we're bundling that necklace up and just hoping the knot will come out. And maybe we don't even want to accept that there's a knot there, so we shove it in our pocket. When we do that, the necklace just gets more and more tangled. The knot gets tighter. The more frantically we pull at it, the more knotted and tight the chain gets. But when we take our time When we gradually tease apart that knot, when we just look at the chain and understand what's going on with it and gradually loosen it up, then the knot comes out. That's what it's like with our emotions. When we don't panic, when we don't fear them, we can just let them happen and we'll get that knot out. And yeah, maybe we'd prefer to not have the knot in the first place. But it's not dangerous, you guys. It's okay. Just take your time. Let's not be in a rush. If we slow down, that's actually the best way to work through it. So Moira, here's what feels like too much. It feels like too much when we give away our power. When we think our job is creating our emotions and our experience. And you even said it's making you become someone you don't want to be. Your job's not that powerful. Thank goodness, right? What feels like too much is resisting our emotions. But feeling your emotions is okay. They're not dangerous. And what feels like too much is thinking we're in danger all the time. But what I want you to remember is that you're safe in the present moment. When you have your days off, have days off. Mentally clock out. Enjoy that time. Worrying about it ahead of time and trying to solve problems that don't exist yet is just making you suffer now and isn't preventing anything from happening during your shift later. So at least give yourself that break. Let yourself recharge and you'll be more ready to handle what comes up during your next shift. All right, Moira, consider your drama cured. And thank you all for being here today, for hanging out with me as I try out this new way to approach the podcast. I'm not planning to do this all the time, but this is something I think is kind of fun to mix in. So I would love to hear your thoughts about it. So please go on over to Instagram. Let me know what you thought. Let me know if it was fun for you. Let me know if you've got some nurse drama you want me to cure And I would love to hear your thoughts. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.